0: Well, I hope it's recorded. Yeah, we'll read it line by line, and then I'll read it report Yeah, please repeat after me. Amanitvam, Adamhitvam. vam adam hit vam A-manit-vam-adam-hit-vam A-hingsak-shantir-arja-vam Haryam atna Vinigraha Haryam Atma Anahankara
1: Evacha,
0: Anahankara evacha. Janmamriti Jaravyadhi Jaravya Janma Dukha Doshanu darshanam Asakti Rana Bhishvanga Utradara Grihadishu Udradhar Grihadishu Nityangchasamachatvam Ishtanishovapati sho. <Sweak> vishvani yogena Vikta save it from Victadisha save it from Aratir Jana Sangsadi Aratir Jana Sangsadi, sangsadi Adhat Magnana Nityatvam Adhat Magnana Nityatvam Satvagnana Art Hadarshanam Satvagnana Hadarshanam Etajnanam Iti Iti Protam Ajnanam Yadaton Translation Humility Pridelessness Non-violence Tolerance Simplicity Approaching a bona fide spiritual master Cleanliness Steadiness Self-control Renunciation of the objects of sense gratification Absence of false ego The perception of the evil of birth, death, old age and disease Detachment Detachment freedom from entanglement with children, wife, home and the rest, even-mindedness amid pleasant and unpleasant events, constant and unalloyed devotion to me, aspiring to live in a solitary place, detachment from the general mass of people, accepting the importance of self-realization and philosophical search for the absolute truth, all these I declare to be knowledge, and besides this, whatever there may be is ignorance. Now the perbod is several pages long, and I'm gonna, not going to read it now. Although I recommend that you read it, uh, I'll analyse some of the, uh, these points. CAKSHURIN MILITAM YENA tasmai SHRI GURUVE NAMAHA NAMA SHRISTAM MANAM APRESHATCHI PUTRAM ATRASRA ROOPAM ROOPAM TAS YAGRAJAM PURUPURIM MATHURIM GOSTAVATIM RADHAKUNDAM GILIVARAMAHO RADHIKAM ATADASHAM PRAPTA YASYA PRATITAKRIPAYA SHRI Gurum TAM natosme. Pandeham Sri Guru Shri Attach Parakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavamstra Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakam Vitamstra Bhagavad Gita is known as a presentation of spiritual knowledge. Generally people consider there to be knowledge and belief. Knowledge is something that you can uh, quantify. You can measure Hare Krishna. Science is supposed to be that which is measurable. And we don't hear in Western discourse. in you know, Discourse in the Western world Spir- about spiritual knowledge is considered to be belief. But here Krishna talks about Ghanam and Srila Prabhupada uh, often uses the term spiritual knowledge. In other words, it can be definitely known, but not by the quantifiable method. In fact, that whole method of thinking that we can know thinking that we can know by the method of measuring is maya. It's called maya, Illusion. Mapiyate Anayate iti maya. To the attempt to measure is called maya. To think that we can measure everything. Krishna is immeasurable. That doesn't mean he's unknowable. He is knowable. But not through the measurable... Not through the senses which, which can only deal with that which is measurable. So this is knowledge, Krishna declares. All these points which he has mentioned here are knowledge. Now, um, knowledge. This, These are prerequisites for attaining knowledge and symptoms of actual knowledge. In other words, just like to take the first one, humility. Unless one is humble... One cannot get knowledge. That's true in any field. Because if you're not humble, then you think you already know. Then how are you going to learn? In uh, college, if you go and you, you have no respect for the subject or for the teacher, then you can't learn. If you think, well, I already know more than the teacher, then you can't learn. So humility is required. And humility is also a symptom of one who has gained knowledge. Vidya vinayam. Vidya is more or less a synonym of jnana, knowledge. What is the result? Of the, what, do, what do we get from that? Vidya gives vinayam, which is also a... Uh, it means humility. It's a a synonym of the word which Krishna uses here, Amanitvam. Of course, as with most synonyms, there's some nuances, some subtle differences, but similar words. We find also elsewhere in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna refers to the Vidya-Vinaya Sampanne Brahmane. So, Vidya-Vinaya Sampanna Brahmana. Brahmana is one who has knowledge and humility. So, uh, these are prerequisites to attaining knowledge and symptoms of knowledge. So, let's go through them. Uh, we can also consider these in relation to the modern educational system or, the, or what is in modern life considered knowledge. In modern life, knowledge is considered to be a massment of information. If you can learn a lot of things. And if you, one can put them all together and spew them out that is considered to be a sign of an intelligent person. But the standard given here by Lord Krishna is something completely different. Srila Prabhupada often, he spoke a lot about education. (coughs) He said our movement is an educational movement. Now, it's become... Standard in our movement to have courses, bhakti shastri courses, then what's, then bhakti Bhava, and I guess eventually they'll get on to the bhakti vedanta and bhakti sarvabhoma. These are the standards, the levels of courses Srila Prabhupada gave. When Srila Prabhupada said that our movement is an educational movement, these, uh, courses were, that was definitely within the definition, but it's not the whole definition. We shouldn't think that education just means formally sitting in a class and amassing information and taking some exam. Now I am a bhakti Shastrī. I know so much. But actually, uh, in Vedic education, everything is education, it's all education. And there are prerequisites for that also. One has to rise early in the morning. There's no meaning to. One one cannot be considered an actually learned person if he has the habit of sleeping until 9 o'clock in the morning, or even 7 o'clock in the morning, for that matter. <coughs> that means that the knowledge, it's book knowledge. There's a great difference between book knowledge and realized knowledge. And one who is realized, he, he acts in a uh, in the manner of an of a learned person we find in early in bhagavad gita arjuna asks krishna stita pragyasya ka bhasha samadhi sthasya keshava sthita hi kim prabha pra, uh, kiprink prabhaseta kim asita vrajate kim what uh, how does a person fixed in intelligence how does he speak uh, Be, being fi- he's Samadhi stitta. he's fixed in in Samadhi in a spiritual state and, and how does he interact with the world and how does he speak how does he walk how does he discuss how does he sit is he some kind of completely different being and again Krishna he Prajahati a he, he explains that one who is withdrawn from material desire, that it, it's not ex, its not uh, simply a matter of a massive... Who is an intelligent person? Who, who is one fixed in knowledge? It's not just a matter of being able to solve some crossword puzzles or to be a chess champion or a, uh, a rocket scientist. But one who is practically who is withdrawn from sense gratification. So this is reflected in the character. Srila Prabhupada said our movement is an educational movement. Everything that one undertakes and does in this movement is meant for education. And as Srila Prabhupada often said, education is meant for forming character. It's not the most important thing to learn lots of information, but that should be reflected in one's character. One of our godbrothers, of course he's an old man now, but, uh, he attended Oxford University. It was Oxford. Oxide or Oxford or Cambridge. Ox- yeah, Oxford University many years ago. And at the introduction, when they, all the students came, what's that called? Valedictory? Was that at like the end? I can't remember. Didn't go to Oxford. <laughs> so, uh, the professor told all the incoming students, he said, the most important thing you have to learn at Oxford University, highly prestigious institution, of education, that the most important thing is not to get a degree. He said, you can get through life without a degree, but the most important thing is to learn how to hold your drink. You <laughs> say that in India still, and they mostly don't know what you mean. But of course, nowadays, uh, kids at 12 years old already learn that, so. What do they need to go to Oxford University for? They're already uh, graduates in intoxication. <coughs> Hold your drink means you can drink five liters of Heineken, or whatever the popular beer is around. They're Danish, isn't That's dangerous. danish is not Anyway, what Five liters of beer and still be able to walk to the toilet. <laughs> and not just dribble it wherever you are. So this is considered, that's an important social function of a, of a civilized person at Oxford University. So he said, you can get through life without a degree, but you can't get through without being able to hold your drink. You see, character formation... that's a different (coughs) uh, outlook on what the character should be. So, here we find in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna describing the character of a person who has knowledge. Knowledge, of course, that culminates in... Vedaisya sarve raham eva vedya ha The object of knowledge in all the Vedas, which means knowledge, is Krishna. So Krishna, he is param brahma. We find also, this is stated by Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita, brahma janatiti brahmana. One who is a brahmana means not someone who happens to be born in a certain family. On the plane coming from Bombay last night, they, there was a, S Sharma was the female assistant. What do they call that? Hostesses, hostess. air hostess, serving meat and wine, and she's Brahmin. <laughs> yeah. Now this is not the Brahmin that is described in Shastra. Vidya Avinaya Brahmana. Brahmana, Brahmati, Jana Titi Brahma. Brahma sorry, Brahmajanatiti Brahmana. One who knows Brahma, the spiritual, such a person is a Brahmana. So Krishna is Param Brahma. is the Supreme Brahman. So to know him, one requires to be pure. Krishna is Param Brahma, Param Dhamma, Pavitram Paramambhava. He is the supreme pure. To know him is not possible if one is eating meat and drinking wine. Uh, Or, even if one is eating meat and drinking wine, one may be superficially very intelligent. There are very intelligent people in this country, no doubt. You don't have to tell the Germans that. They already know it very well. But, uh, one may be an intelligent meat-eater and beer drinker, but that is not the intelligence by which one can understand the absolute truth. That begins with humility. So the very concept that one should be humble is almost totally absent from the modern way of life. In fact, if one is uh, very proud, that is considered a sign of someone's self-confidence, personality development. Someone is very proud. This is a symptom of the demoniac person. Dambha. Dambha, darpa, abhimana. These are... pride. Yeah, the very... Amanitvam, adhamvitvam. These are the first two symptoms of knowledge. Humility and pridelessness, which are, again, almost synonyms. But there's no... Well, Amanitvam, as Prabhupada says, he describes here, humility means... Not wanting to be honoured by others, there, there are specific meanings. No, and then a adambit, means to be bereft of the uh, pride of thinking oneself better than others. So there's similar words, but uh, yeah, that's absent in, in the modern education. The modern education is uh, in, a, in an exploitive society how to uh, well, one who is successful is expert at being uh, exploiting others and not being exploited by others but they cheated you, you're all being exploited <laughs> it's the whole society, the whole education is meant for exploitation whereas in, in Vedic society means to become free of the tendency toward exploitation. The whole system of dharma, the Varnashram dharma, is to become free from the tendency to exploit. In the Western world, India is portrayed as uh, being the, one of the main symptoms of India, along with uh, poverty, the stupidity of uh, worshipping cows, uh, and then and the other prime symptom by which India is known is the caste system. So, India has bad PR in the West. Um, but the caste system is a perverted reflection of the actual Varnashram Dharma, which is meant for regulating society in such a way that there's cooperation and two, so that there should not be exploitation. There should Whereas the the caste system is the perverted reflection of that, in which uh, cooperation is enforced and uh, people take a superior position, not to serve others but to exploit them. Brahmana has a superior position in the vanashram system, highly exalted position, but he's highly exalted because. Amanidvam, Adhamidvam because he's humble and prideless and simply wants to serve others, therefore he's so exalted. But if he takes the exalted position without the humility and pridelessness then the, the, the whole system breaks down and the whole purpose which is to get free from the spirit of exploitation which characterizes this material world Characterizes especially the demoniac attitude that is lost. And instead of being a godly system, it becomes a demoniac system. That's why we find that Srila Prabhupada often spoke of the necessity to establish Daiva Vanashram, godly Vanashram, as opposed to Asuric Vanashram. It's the perverted reflection of this. So humility and pridelessness, this is inculcated in the Vedic system of education by the Brahmacari, will beg on behalf of the Guru on a daily basis, even if he's from a very rich family, a very exalted family, even if he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna himself also became a Brahmachari, Krishna and Balaram, And they begged... Some alms, please give us. Bhavati Bhiksham Devi, give us some alms. Uh, that, that is uh, supposed to, or has has the effect of uh, inculcating humility. However greater family one may come from, if he has to beg, that, that uh, inculcates humility. Now, there's a difference between humility and humiliation. Most people would th- think in the modern age that, well, to beg is humiliating. But the, the, the begging of a brahmachari is humbling in a positive sense, in, in a required sense. Humiliation means one has a very big ego and one wants to be egoistic, but you're ego is smashed and you feel depressed because you want to be egoistic. But humility means your ego is smashed and you welcome that. Very good. That requires to be smashed. So if one has no motive to be humble, then when the ego is smashed, then he'll feel humiliated. So it's very... uh, The the whole understanding of the guru-disciple relationship is very difficult for people who are raised in this demoniac society to even begin to understand? Because the whole idea is, is, is that well, everyone has their rights and their freedom, and uh, everyone should everyone has should have the right to develop their own egoism to the ultimate extent. And uh, the whole idea that one should become humble is totally absent from from the Moment of birth up to the time of death. So it's very, very difficult actually to be Krishna conscious or to, or to, even to be a human being of any character because unless one is trained in, in these godly characteristics, uh, then the, the ego will run wild. The, this character training means from the beginning the brahmachari is trained how to become humble. Or the girl at home, there's, there's not exactly a brahmacharini, but the girl at home is trained to serve, to be humble. But this is considered a crime in the modern world if anyone's trained to become humble. It's actually considered an affront on humanity if anyone's trained to become. Isn't it? They say it's like uh, against human rights and um, everyone should be. Isn't it? They say that. And everyone should have equal rights to be as puffed up as possible. <laughs> so, and, and, they, and they, they, they'll make a lawsuit against you and put you in prison if you say something like, well, uh, women should be submissive, and, and uh, yeah, women should be submiss- everyone should be submissive, actually. So uh, it's a very messed up society. Amanidvam madamditvam, humility and prideless, just the opposite of the demoniac qualities. Dambha, darpa, abhimana. The demoniac qualities are described by Lord Krishna. Again, the three almost synonyms. Dambha, darpa, abhimana, pride, arrogance, conceit. Srila Prabhupada translates these, which are, they're all very similar. So, Amanivamadhamvidvam This famous word. It's almost become part of the Western lexicon, hasn't it now? Buddhism. Yeah, it's from Buddhism. This rascal Dalai Lama talks about peace and eats veal and all kinds of meat. And such a rascal. Such a disservice people do. When they talk of ahimsa and then they eat... They're, they're every day eating ducks and chickens and all kinds of gourmet meats.
2: So, uh,
0: ahimsa, non-violence. Interesting that Krishna speaks of non-violence while inciting Arjuna to fight. How is, how is that? I think. Prabhupada often spoke against the nonsense non-violence. And he spoke against Gandhi for Mahatma Gandhi for promoting non-violence. When and, and he, Gandhi would daily speak on Bhagavad Gita, and then one of his big principles was non-violence. And Prabhupada says this is ridiculous because violence, total ahimsa within this world, it, it, it's not possible. That the very role of a kshatriya is to be violent. And that was Krishna's whole point to Arjuna. That to be non violent in a situation that requires violence will necessarily bring more violence. And uh well that actually happened in the in the case of Gandhi. He said, Well, you know, we should be fair to the Pakistan and all the money and the weapons were with were in Delhi. He said we should be fair to them, give them their due quota of weapons and money. So they did, and the first thing they did, attacked India. So it caused more violence by his fairness. Or uh, yeah, and he himself was the practical point. He himself, as Prabhupada said, he got shot. So it's you could say it's not a practical philosophy. So, then why is Krishna speaking about ahimsa? Well, actually this is qualified in Srimad Bhagavatam by in Lord Kapiladev's teachings. Nāti hinzrena, this term is used. Excessive violence, more than is required. That should not be employed. The attitude should be of not wanting to do any harm to others. That should be the attitude. Maitra eva cha. The, the attitude to all living beings should be of uh, not hating anyone. One should be friendly and merciful to all. But sometimes that friendliness and mercy, mercifulness takes the form of violence, which may seem very strange. Just like a doctor, he may, to benefit the patient, may cause them pain, cutting. It seems like violence, but applied in an intelligent and knowledgeable way can be for the benefit of others. Similarly, in Vedic culture, the king, he uh, personally performs the act of decapitation of a a person, of of a murderer a person who according to Manu is, uh, should be punished in that way. But that is an act of non-violence. How is it, that an act of non-violence? It's, it's violence, but it's non-violent in the sense that it's performed for the benefit of that person and of everyone else. Because if he's not punished in that way, he has to suffer severely sinful reactions. And society becomes full of unless there is this severe punishment again in the modern age this is not much appreciated in countries like Germany where they have uh, the ideas that well, give them a chance but the the Vedic culture is uh, forgiveness is there but can be there but uh, there's also severe punishment and if there's strictness then (coughs) The good citizens they shouldn't be worried about that. But if one is a criminal, then they are forcibly restrained. So a uh, ahimsa uh, means non-violence. Then has to be understood in context, because in this world there are bad people, and they need to be restrained by force. A police force is required. Without that. Uh, as we see sometimes in some countries the police go on strike and then there's immediate looting, crime. That means that people are not doing that only because they're afraid of the police. It's the threat of, of force, of violence, which keeps the, these uh, bad people in check. So violence is required, but an attitude of wanting to harm others simply out of uh, bad feeling. That is uh, very sinful. Arjuna, he had the attitude that he didn't want to hurt any... Arjuna, he wasn't against fighting per se. He didn't want to fight. He had fought so many... But he'd been fighting all his life. He wasn't against fighting. But he, would, he wanted to know if the... He would not fight unless he accepted and understood that it was on dharmic principles. He was not just some kind of terrorist or hooligan that went around killing people whimsically but it was a considered action in every case the general attitude is one of a hingsa shanti tolerance (laughs) again in the modern age where is oh yeah I'm supposed to be comparing all this with the modern age non-violence yeah we live in a very violent culture don't we we don't even see that. The slaughterhouses are kept far away. The millions of abortions, we don't, we don't hear the, sc- the scream of the baby as they're aborted. It's all very nicely packaged. You can go in the supermarket and buy a packet of steak or veal. It's all nicely packaged. Very neat and clean. We don't see the violence, but the whole society is running on violence violence to the earth, exploitation, and shanti tolerance. This, uh, that's also explained in Bhagavad Gita. Matras, parshas, tukonti, ashita, ushna, suka, duka, daha, agama, paena, onityas, tongues, tikshas, One should tolerate great heat. Great cold. As far as possible, one should tolerate. In the modern age, people have, if it gets a little hot, they need a fan or air conditioning. If it gets cold, they need heating, hot water, and so much, so much arrangement just to make everything pleasant in all respects. But again, the, in, in the brahmachari, gurukul, education system, they taught to tolerate, take a little disturbance don't, don't try to make life too soft and too comfortable this uh, material comfort and spiritual realization don't go together very well if one is always looking for material comfort then you'll uh, be distracted by that always on the bodily platform so one should be able to take some discomfort and, and, and then you don't even feel it actually if we're always used to adjusting the temperature just as we like it, everything everything should be just as I like it, then uh, we become disturbed, if there's any little disturbance. If, if the electricity goes off in this country, it doesn't go off. But if it does go off, then it's a big disturbance. Oh, what happened? I can't, I can't turn on my TV, and I uh, can't turn on my air conditioner, it's a major disturbance. But uh, in traditional society, of course, there was no... People had to live simply. And tolerance of... Not only physical disturbances, but yeah, we have a man it was or tata, What is that? Uh, one should be tolerant of people insulting us. All this tolerance. That, that comes, that's also a, a symptom of detachment. That one is not so much attached. To what is this situation? Material life means always trying to adjust the situation to try to make it suitable for my sense enjoyment. And it, it just be, everything should be just adjusted nicely so I can be happy. Everything so we spend all our energy trying to, trying to make everything just as we like it. Anu yasya sankalpa prati yasya varjanam. What is nice for my material sense gratification, I should try and arrange that. And what is, what is opposing that, I should try and adjust that. But in this way, our whole purpose of life, we get distracted. Instead, that, all right, what, it's a little hard little time Whole, uh, whatever it is so, little disturbances that, but we have to concentrate on spiritual activities not just spending our whole energy trying to make everything very comfortable very pleasing for the senses that doesn't mean that we are unnecess- we don't unnecessarily uh, make conditions uncomfortable for ourselves and if there is a fan we could use it but it's not that we become dependent upon that and all our Energy goes into trying to make some arrangement so that we can be materially comfortable or mentally comfortable uh, that uh, we find in the modern age people have so much depression and, and hypertension stress this, that, the other they don't feel mentally comfortable but one who can tolerate then alright in different situations and just accept it. we have to go on with our spiritual practice. Now it's warm, and after a few months it'll be cold. But anyway, whatever the situation, we have to go on with our chanting, service to Krishna, all this. Sometimes we're sick, still we have to go on as best we're able, and this is tolerance. But people in the modern age, very little tolerance level. Ah, last time I was was here in Munich, I was just waiting, just where we came out of your apartment, and there's the underground garage, the basement garage. Mm-hmm. So I was standing on the side of the road, waiting, I think you were bringing the car, mm-hmm. and someone had opened this garage, and they were coming up. Some young woman going to work in her car. And uh, I happened to be standing in front of her, and I wasn't aware of that, and I turned around, and she Popped a horn and look, look on her face like, you know, like I committed a major crime because I was I was standing in her passageway, and she lost about three seconds, and like a look of total distress and disgust, and I thought this is a little extreme. you can't can't tolerate just. I was a little slow in getting out of the way. I must admit. Uh, <laughs> I didn't immediately understand that I should jump out of the way and probably offer a basis as soon drove past. But I are you know, just so disturbed over such a small thing because they have important things to do. I have to go to work. Lack of tolerance. then then the mind is always disturbed. And how can there be spiritual realization? Arjavam, simplicity. This is absolutely unknown in the modern world, either physical or mental simplicity. Life is very complex, and people's whole mentality is is very complex. Better to live simply, and be mentally simple also. Mentally simple means we're not making all kinds of difference. So many people come and there's so many mental hang ups and you know, go on telling this and uh, so many things in their mind and all very complex. No need for any of this. Jeev Krishna das but you know taco gives all the solutions to everything in material life. Just understand the eternal servant of Krishna, that's finished. You don't need to understand anything else. Very simple. Life is very complex. You just understand. The servant of Krishna, everything in this world is temporary. There's no need to get it. All caught up. This person's my enemy. They did this to me, and then he said this, and then I said that, and he said this, and then he made a phone call, and then I just, then he called his friend, and he came over and beat me, and then I called my friend, and then... And I, it's so complex. And you don't know what's going on. Just like... You, you look at all these political situations. Yeah what exactly is uh, America and their allies doing in Afghanistan and you can analyze this situation and it's extremely complex. everything in the way is extremely complex you know this group supporting this one and then they change and they support another one and you're not sure whether on this side or that side and Anyway, just kill them all
1: and... Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, it just becomes extremely complicated. This material world is extremely complex, like a danyan tree. Krishna gives the example Extremely common. You can't find where's the beginning or the end, and all the everything's tangled up. And what are you going to do? Just cut it. You try and you try and untangle everything. And just like people, they say, "Well, you know, I have this psychological problem, and this happened in my childhood, and then my father shouted at me, and then uh, you know my mother's." fourth husband, he, didn't, he always used to look at me in this funny way and, and try and sort it all out and get this treatment and hypnotic regression and goes on and on and then you go back to a previous life and that life's problems, are, you know, there's not enough in one life. And, you know, it just goes on and on and on. Just forget it all, you know. If you're a servant of Krishna, serve Krishna, all problems are finished. Otherwise there's no end. You can't sort it out. You just... The more you try to sort it out, the more entangled you become. You won't sort it out. There's no end. The only thing is just to accept the simple This is simplicity. Just accept. I'm a servant of Krishna. I have to serve Krishna. Very simple. This should be inculcated. This is education. This is knowledge. <coughs> We think that knowledge becomes more and more complex. But that's not knowledge. That's complex ignorance. That's all. Simply amassing more and more information is not knowledge. Real knowledge means to come to the point. The point is that we are eternal servants of Krishna. If you know that, that is knowledge. And if we don't know that, then we're simply amassing more and more ignorance. Like a donkey gets more and more on his back and you think, what a great donkey. But he's a donkey. Mm -hmm. And he's just carrying loads which have no benefit to him. So we carry huge amounts of information and all these different ideas and we think, oh, we're becoming very advanced. But we're just donkeys, that's all. It should be simple. Throw off the loads, surrender to Krishna. That is simplicity. Simplicity in life also. Why make life complex? As Prabhupada said, he, he, he always uses this as an example that uh, they made this electric razor. And you have to always change the parts, change the batteries. And he said that previously, you see this, you get one, one blacksmith makes a razor for life, you use it your whole life, that's finished. And now you get this comp, just a, just a straight blade, that's all you sharpen it on some leather that's it but now they made electric toothbrushes and just unnecessary complex society so live simply don't simplicity means also don't accumulate more than we need that's another symptom of the modern society you know in people's houses and they open, open the cupboard it's full of all this junk this, they bought something and then they just put it in the cupboard And they do that every time they go out to shop. They buy something and then they use it. And I think, well, maybe I'll use it later. And they stick it in the cupboard and they have all rooms full of all kinds of toys and gadgets and all kinds of things. 25 pairs of shoes. 200 saris. So many. uh, So many lipsticks and body lotions and Something what is it? Something to put on the face and something to take it off your face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you see the whole bathroom is filled and it probably the whole thing probably costs about five hundred Euros or something. And none of it none of it's needed. And if you need some something for it gets you know, skin gets dry in the winter, when It's cold. So you can use some mustard uh, like that. Simple thing. Otherwise, it's yes. all so unnecessarily complex. Society. <coughs> simply. Don't accumulate more than we need. Shocham, cleanliness. Internal cleanliness and external cleanliness. Not known in the modern world. Cleanliness. As One of the first things Prabhupada noted when he came to the Western world is how people, they have the habit after passing stool of smearing the stool around on their backside with some paper and then pulling up their pants and and some of them might wash their their hands afterwards and that's it and it might be a week later (laughs) that they bathe this is not clean They used to have the system of uh, the whole family taking a bath once a week. Right? They have the bathtub. I don't know. I'm German. But and first the father takes a bath in the sa- and then in the same water the mother takes a bath and then the kids one by one on the same water. Once a week. Or two weeks. One, every week. two, uh, usually two weeks. It's like a family family event, taking a bath. <laughs> no cleanliness. And what just there's no concept of mental cleanliness. There's absolutely no idea whatsoever that the mind should be clean. No idea. The mind should be sharp, you should be good at, when someone says something, you can fire something back at them and you, you, can, you can do your job very efficiently and enjoy life, but cleanliness of the mind? Never, you know, I never heard of such a thing. Then, what next? Tyrium, yes, steadfastness. This means steadfastness in spiritual realization. Otherwise, people may be steadfast, but for something completely useless, less like people they'll train they spend their whole childhood and youth training for, to be a gymnast, so they can win an, an Olympic gold. And then they spend the t- 15 years training to be a gymnast, and then they're not even accepted in the team, in the Olympic team. Or they just—they have to train so hard. And what's the use? It's it's useless and useless endeavor. So steadfastness is a very good quality. We can learn that. Uh, Even from the spider, there's a famous story. It's probably not famous in Germany. But uh, there was a Scottish king called Robert the Bruce, who was defeated several times. You heard it in America? You were in England long enough to hear it also. So he was defeated several times by the English, the Scottish king. And then one time he had just been defeated and he was sitting in a cave hiding from the British and he saw a spider. The spider kept on falling down but he'd keep on trying to get up and eventually after many, many tries he got up and then he made his web. And then Robert the Bruce got determination. Yeah, I failed so many times but let me try again. And then he went out and he won the battle at last so steadfastness he didn't give up because he was defeated a few times so that's also that's required in spiritual life also nothing good even in the material world of course there is nothing good in the material world but nothing even that which is considered good in material life nothing good can be achieved without sticking to the goal through all difficulties there are many difficulties especially in the modern age, full of difficulties. So many difficulties. I see so many people here, like myself, not from, almost everyone in this room is not from Germany. That means they found that in their own country, there was uh, so many difficulties that they thought, I have to go to another country. I can be better off in another place. So this is uh, unnatural, actually. Why? Why should it be like that? But that's the modern world. It's, and then you come here and find, you find that okay, we got free from one set of difficulties but then we have another set of difficulties. Here we're physically more comfortable amidst our difficulties. And we earn more than we did in our previous set of difficulties. But then we have other difficulties also. Just like when you come here you have to learn the language. Uh, although there's a veneer of uh, racial tolerance. Actually, they hate you. Um, you're separated from your family. it's different culture. And uh, there are so many difficulties. It's damn cold here for people coming from India. Of course not now. It's just as warm as India. But uh, in the winter is horribly cold and long. So there are difficulties. In material life, in spiritual life there are also difficulties but one should remain steadfast here comes another uh, term or concept that is absolutely unknown of in the modern age atma vinigraha (laughs) self-control who on earth is going to teach you that that's against the whole in modern society that's that's considered deviant behavior (laughs) because everyone's supposed to be indulgent and work hard to earn money to buy lots of things but if you're self-controlled and you don't want and you don't want to buy the latest I this that or iPod iPhone I whatever it is it's always I I I, 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 I. something for me if you don't want to buy it then there's something wrong with you not, you didn't join the queue of 20 million people wanting to get the latest model you already have one but the latest model is coming out and it's got some more gadgets and some more buttons and oh, you, you're not you, you can't live without it <laughs> so but one who is self-controlled then what is it? he's not he's just the opposite of self-indulgent self-control means that there's so much inducement to enjoy the senses but he's not not concerned. Actually, it's very easy to be self-controlled if one is in Krishna Consciousness. If one simply makes the sankalpa, the determination, that I will only do what is favorable for advancing Krishna Consciousness. yasya sankalpa yasya vajana I will give up that which is against Krishna Consciousness. And it becomes very easy. You go past the ice cream shop. How many flavors? What is it? 61? 71? Baskin Robbins? How many? 51. Only 51. <laughs> anyway, 51 is a lot. And then you think, ah, 51. Vanilla. Chocolate. Ah, this, that. And then immediately it's it, the mind is disturbed. But if one has made the determination, I will only do what is favorable to Krishna, then you just go, it doesn't make any difference. It could be any other building. It just nothing there for me. There's no attractions. That's all. Nothing to do with it. Self-control becomes very easy. But it's not what modern education turns us into a, a slavering idiot who's just just, they advertise it and then you feel, I have to buy it. I have to, I have to get an iPod. Have to get the latest computer. Have to go on holiday to... uh, Where do they all go to from Germany? (laughs) Croatia. (laughs) Spain. Have to sit on the beach with 200,000 other Germans. (laughs) There's there's no room for us to move. (laughs) Nowhere to go. And then drive all the way back. They don't drive all the way to Spain. That's too far. They fly. They fly in so enjoy I have to enjoy myself come on it's Friday night go to the bar indulge spend all your money that you work for all week no no need self-control no need and if there's self-control no need then we don't have to work hard and then there's no more Germany that Germany means work hard earn money spend money So, self control is definitely not wanted in the modern society, but is required for advancement in spiritual life. Unless there's self control, there's absolutely no question of advancement in spiritual life. That must be there. We have to follow some rules. It's not like in the modern age these rascals say, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I'm just imagining. I feel very spiritual. Feel so spiritual, but there's no no system of purification. There must be rules and regulations to follow. Oh, rules and regulations! What are Rules and regulations. You no, know, we 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 just love Krishna. That's all. We don't follow all these rules and regulations. But then they also then it's this attitude is the same as the gross materialist who's just self indulgent. This idea that we don't follow any rules and regulations, it's, it's, uh, it's not spiritual advancement. It's just a sham. It means one is not serious at all. There must be rules and regulations. And when we say that there are no rules and regulations in advanced devotee, that means that he doesn't need to think about it, he automatically follows them. That's <coughs> all. So self-control is is the in indriyate Vairagyam? these are all uh, connected renunciation of the objects of the senses they are all connected this uh, atma vinigraha, self-control then renunciation of the objects of the senses this is etaj Krishna says. This is knowledge. Even to know that we should do this. Who is teaching this? This is required to be taught. But it's such a a pitiable position that in the name of religion or spiritual life, people don't like to teach this because people they become, they're raised in a culture which is full of sense indulgence, which is actually completely destructive to the actual purpose of life, which is to become spiritually realized. But people are raised in this indulgent culture, and therefore if someone comes and tells them we need to be self-controlled, we need to follow rules and regulations of spiritual life, and they think, oh, that sounds horrible. Or if someone says oh, you just have, you just feel spiritual, and be spiritual, and smile, and be nice, be good, and be tolerant to others and don't criticize anyone and, ah. And people say, ah, very nice, very spiritual. And if we say, no, there's a difference between self-indulgence, even in the name of spirituality and actual s- spiritual life, which is based on indriyate vairagyam It begins with becoming detached from the object of the sense of hearing Don't like it. I don't like this. Everything is measured by what I like and what I don't like. But jnana, one has to acquire knowledge from going to the guru and being trained uh, and accepting that I don't know. It begins with humility. I don't know. I need to be taught. I need to be trained. But uh, gurus are also the, the... the rascal type, then they, they think, well, if I have lots of followers, then it'll be nice, and they'll all praise me, and give me lots of money, and I'll become popular, and famous, and, and uh, you know, anyway, why should I tell them all these things, they don't like to hear, make people happy, tell them, that you know, you, yeah, you can do whatever you like, and just, you know, say Om and, uh, smile, that's all, and I'll give you some mantras, and you can feel spiritual, They're all cheating. But they become such people, if they're good showmen, they become very popular. There are so many in India, in the West. They always show this Sri Sri typical smiling with a beard and talking all vague things. Nothing very specific. You see, you have to feel very spiritual. But if we tell that you, see, you feel the the energy within yourself
1: <laughs>
0: then you realize that actually i am everything it's, oh, it's very profound but it's nonsense you're not everything people like to hear oh yeah i i am everything oh yeah very good very good guru <laughs> but then if you tell Self-control. Control the mind. Control the senses. Don't eat whatever you like. Don't do whatever you like. <clears throat> Rules and regulations. Oh, oh, what is this? They don't like it. And then, I don't like it? Finished. Thrown out. That is the standard by which everything is to be judged. Do I like it or do I not like it? But this is, by this we, uh, we remain on the animal platform. The animal has no discrimination. Is there something I like? Here's some food. Okay, I'll eat it. That's all. An animal cannot go beyond the level of I like, I don't like. A human being can. This is knowledge. An animal cannot develop knowledge. Vairagyam. Anahankara eva cha. Eva. Certainly is emphasized. No, one should be free of ahankara. That, that which, by which one thinks in terms of I, me and mine. One should, just like these bogus gurus, ah, ah, you are everything. Oh yes. But then, you are, or we are, all of us, we are, we are not infinite. We are infinitesimal. Just the opposite. We are very small, very tiny. This should be understood. Free of ahanka, of thinking in terms of I, myself. Janmam dukkha dosha Perceptions of the evil, the dosha, the, the, the fault of birth, death, old age, and disease. The world is very nice, is it not? Everything's very nice. The world is very nice. It's sunny. There are trees, there are cars. Everything's very nice. Everything's wonderful. But there's some problems. Generally we like to think, well, the world's nice, let's say. If I get some facility to enjoy this world, then it's very nice. But there are some problems which no one can avoid. Birth, death, old age and disease. We don't see this unless we... We see it, but we don't see it unless we're taught to see it. We're so blind we don't see it. We see it. We see but we don't see. We see it but we think, well, okay. Life goes on. Someone died. Okay, he died. Someone else died. Okay, he died. I will have to die. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Not now. It's always not now. You see, old men making plans. What I'm going to do in the next 10 years? I'm already 80 years old. And what makes you think? I'm going to live another 10 years. So, janvamritya jaravi adhi dukkha. This is miserable. Unless we're trained, we can't... This is the most basic thing, but we can't even see that unless we're trained. Therefore, we require to be trained. No education like this anywhere, in any school, college or university. Therefore, it's a most foolish civilization Which just goes on on the principle that we shall be happy in this world without seeing the miseries of birth, death, old age and disease. Most foolish civilization. And they're so proud. Oh, so great country. Germany. America. Britain. Great countries. Leading the world. Completely foolish civilization. Cats and dogs they have no a cat or a dog If we, we cannot speak to them any philosophy any tell them you have to die how can you communicate that to a dog you cannot and to most human beings in the modern world that the the necessity of becoming free from birth and death you can't communicate it to them therefore they are simply sophisticated cats and dogs they haven't actually come to the human platform of Intelligence, although they may be apparently very intelligent, but that is not intelligence. That is not knowledge. Asaktirana bishwanga putra dhara not being attached to, uh, yeah, freedom from entanglement. Oh, Prabhupada separates them here. Asakti, detachment. And then, uh, specifically, anabishvanga, freedom from entanglement with children, wife, home, and the rest. Well, that's there also in modern society, but that's in a different way. People don't even get entangled with children, wife, home, and the rest because they're totally irresponsible. But, uh, according to civilized human society, uh, people have families they look after their family. They look as- They have their roles as husbands and fathers, mothers and wives, children. There are roles to be played. Uh, this is civil. This is civilized life. In the modern age, there's no attachment to these things because people, again, are living like cats and dogs. The dog impregnates a bitch and then goes away, and the bitch has children. And next time, it could be some other dog. That's all. So it's like that in modern life. So civilized life means that a man takes responsibility for the wife. The wife submits herself to the husband and co-jointly they raise a family. But, Krishna says here, even though that situation is one in which uh, attachment is liable to be very strong, But one should cultivate not being attached because that is not a permanent situation. So one should be responsible but not attached. It's a great art how to do that. That doesn't mean that one should be cold, not affectionate toward family members, but there should be an underlying sense of understanding that this is all temporary and that my real relationship is with Krishna. Again, no one's going to teach this. That this, this is actually very basic knowledge. Bhagavad Gita, what Krishna is speaking, is very basic knowledge of what is, of what is knowledge. But uh, we won't find anything even approaching this in the modern educational system. They're so blind, the whole society is so blind as to the actual purpose and values of life. So even-mindedness, samachitta nityam cha samachitta ishta ishta nishto papatishu. Ah, one should remain equal-minded in equilibrium, even when whether one gets something pleasant or unpleasant. This is a repeated theme in Bhagavad Gita. Sukhe duke samekritva. That one should uh, what is that? mana uh, One should not be distressed even in the midst of cause of cause of disturbance, or even if you get some something which can bring material happiness. Someone gives you a million euros, but one remains even-minded, understanding that. Well, I, I don't really have any real relationship with this distress. All this happiness. It's nothing to do with me, actually. It's just another phase of the material uh, samsara, the, the churning of the ocean. And I, I happen to be in this spot, in this time, in which there's some difficulty for my body and mind. But it's not, I really have nothing to do with this. Or I happen to be in this particular situation where I got a million <coughs> euros unexpectedly. But again, it's nothing really to do with me. So one is neither disturbed in distress nor elated in happiness. He just remains the same. That's all. Goes on with this service to Krishna. Of course, it's a lot easier to say than to do. But this is knowledge. We should know what that is. Otherwise, we remain ignorant. We have to this cultivation you have to cultivate this knowledge so next one then the most important part of knowledge is uh, maichananya yogena bhaktiravyabhicharini being uh, that's proper translate this constant and unalloyed devotion to me this is the essence of all knowledge this is the position of the jiva, to be constantly and unswervingly devoted to Krishna. This is the essence of all knowledge. But there are characteristics of that also. So if someone, uh, they a devotee of Krishna, uh, they should exhibit all these qualities also. They, they, all the other qualities can be said to be uh, sub-characteristics of the central characteristic which is unalloyed and constant devotion to Krishna. Then, uh, Avgavicharani, Vivikta-desha-sevidvam Aspiring to live in a solitary place. One should not want to Solitary means, as is described in the next uh, statement, arati jana One should not be attached to the, the people in general. One shouldn't identify. I am a German, I am an Indian, I am a Hindu, I am a Brahmana. One shouldn't identify with this. One should desire to live separately from materialistic people and to associate with them. Again, it doesn't mean that one hates them. That one should associate with people who can uh, help one in cultivation of spiritual life. Adhyatma jnana Nityatvam. Uh, Prabhupada translates as accepting the importance of self-realization. Adhyatma jnana nityadvam artha darshanam and philosophical search for the absolute truth. Again, this is totally absent in modern education but is the essence of actual education. <coughs> whatever else we may learn, whether it's getting a university degree, getting, holding, onto, holding our drink, or whether we become a, an expert engineer, or, or mathematician, or doctor, or whatever we may be, but the ultimate point of knowledge is to accept the potence of self-realization, and a philosophical search for the absolute truth, that is required. Bhakti is not just some sentiment, but there should be understanding. Krishna teaches Arjuna about the various tattvas. What is Ishvara, is the Supreme Controller, who is the Jiva, the infinitesimal servant of Krishna. And then in this mature world, how Kala time is operating. Prakriti, nature, material nature, and spiritual nature also. And karma, how all this goes. Krishna teaches all these things so that we can be actually knowledgeable and fixed in devotional service. So, that's a quick overview of what Krishna describes to be knowledge and how it is uh, distinguished Quite completely different from what is considered knowledge in the modern age. Quite, quite different. Don't be proud. I'm an MSc, PhD, all this. It's just, it's, just a, it's a certificate of our sophisticated ignorance, that's all. And the fact that we think that it's important testifies to our greater ignorance. If one has it and realizes that it's of no actual value then one can be said to be somewhat knowledgeable. But if, if one has it and one thinks that one's actually better for having it, instead of realizing as Tako Bhakti Vinod says that jaro tamar bhajane baddha, moha janame nitya saṅśāre Jeev ke kare unless he understands that this material knowledge is simply a display of maya of illusion. And it's an obstacle in devotional service to Krishna. In this material world where everything is temporary, uh, it simply increases the illusion, it doesn't decrease the illusion. By learning more and more about this illusory world, it doesn't decrease the illusion, it increases the illusion, unless we learn it from the Krishna conscious perspective. So this materialistic knowledge makes the jiva into an ass. That's Thakur Bhaktivinoda's conclusion. Just like the ass carries so many things which are of no use to him, so we carry all kinds of useless information. It's actually no use to us in the ultimate sense whatsoever. So this is knowledge. <laughs> Etaj gyanam, iti progtam, Krishna says. This is knowledge. I've spoken of it. So this is required to be cultivated. So if there's any uh, question about this. Or comment? <laughs> yeah, I'll take Mahaduti Prabhu as the senior most here.
2: Uh, do we have uh, Do we have
0: this ex- cordless mic or? No? No. Oh, it's okay. got a yeah. All right, but okay. In the, uh, in the
3: beginning of your lecture, you were talking also about knowledge, and I was thinking about these
0: two words, jnana and bijnana. Yeah. Now,
3: in the 6th chapter, Prabhupada defines, the translates jnana as acquired knowledge and vijjana as realized knowledge.
0: Yeah.
3: And in the 18th chapter, the qualities of the Brahma, he defines jnana as knowledge, but then vijjana as wisdom.
0: Yeah, and then again, jnana and vijjana are described as knowledge of the uh, phenomenal and the numinous. See? Again, in, in that he describes as the uh, material knowledge and spiritual knowledge. So yeah. in different contexts. Yeah, but in general, it
3: seems that... Uh, well, also in, in a purport, I think it's in the sixth chapter, where Prabhupada uh, seems to... Not always, but often, Gana, seems to mean book knowledge.
0: Yeah.
3: Whereas V Gana means the Gana, the yeah, generally...
0: Translates Gana, or often translates Gana as book knowledge, and Vigna as realized knowledge. knowledge,
3: So, uh,
0: but here Krishna defines Gana very clearly uh, in uh, in opposition to. He he doesn't say it's learning the Vedas, not even learning the Vedas, but it's the 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 realization.
1: Yeah.
0: so these words jnana, vijyana they can be used as synonyms or they can can be a, a, a special state of jnana so we have to see the context and, and different Acharyas will give different uh, okay, well, understandings of that also ok
3: but the point I'm getting at is that uh, well I, it, it's related is that when we're when we're studying Prabhupada's books yeah ok Like, for instance, you brought up about these courses, Bhakti Shah's. Yeah. So, uh, you know, other senior devotees in this kind have also mentioned that that the the real thing is not just to acquire information, even if it's spiritual information, but to change the character. Right. um, Which obviously means realization. Yeah. on the other hand, we have these nine processes of devotional service, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, So, when we're reading Prabhupada's books, then the question comes up, is that, are we just acquiring knowledge, like, like, you know, information, or is that also a kind of vegana? Because when you hear transcendental knowledge, you should also be getting realizations. Yeah,
0: so the, qu- the, the question boils down to what you brought up at the end, when we're reading Prabhupada's yeah. books. And I guess that means also when we're studying bhakti Shastri, Is it? Or oh, not? Yeah. Is it, is it a matter of, are we just acquiring knowledge, or is there realization? Well, a lot depends on our attitude in, in how we're doing it. If we're reading the books and thinking that... Uh, there are people who read books with actually a demoniac Uh, intention to criticize them. Um, And they generally, they don't get the fruit of studying the books. And maybe a devotee is thinking, I I have to pass, I'm studying this to pass my Bhakti Shastra exam. But the real passing of the the Bhakti Shastra exam is to uh, be inspired by that knowledge and incorporate it in one's life and be inspired to preach it. I would say anyone who comes out of Bhakti Shastri course should be should be so inspired to want to share that knowledge with others. If not, then they haven't understood it, actually. So, but the, the nature of, the way of Prabhupada's books and the way he writes them is that he, he doesn't at all write in, although they're very scholarly, he doesn't at all write in the armchair scholarly style. They're, they're, it's very much an urging to act and to surrender to Krishna. So, one's attitude is there, but an attitude will also come by association. Uh, the Bhakti Shastri course a lot will depend on the the teachers also what is their attitude and what they're conveying and uh, despite egalitarian ideas in uh, ISKCON today uh, as I see it because we have to say that um, it makes a lot of difference who your guru is, also, because the spirit that's that's given out in the, in the teaching, if if the disciple is at all being a disciple, then that that the guru is very influential in the disciple's life. So the spirit that the guru gives out will also, as much as the disciple is a disciple and the guru is a guru, and it's not just some kind of official post or something to become a member of ISKCON, But uh, it, it will influence also how the disciples understand. So, that's it.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, okay, what's your question?
2: So Yes, I wanted to um, give you <coughs> this example for like a donkey when, for example, if you've got too much knowledge... So it's just a burden, you know.
0: You don't give... Uh, you say like we get too much knowledge. Well, I didn't say we get too much knowledge. There's no such thing as too much knowledge. If it's actual knowledge, there can't be too much of it. But if it's not actual knowledge, then uh, any amount is too much. I mean, it's knowledge, <laughs> knowledge for example, what is knowledge. And what, what is knowledge and what is not knowledge is not necessarily judged by the content. But it's judged by... Here we're getting into like... Like quantum science or something. It depends on the... Depends on the attitude of the observer. So... <clears throat> generally we're told... I, I didn't... Listen to your question, which is considered rude. But because your question started off on a wrong premise. And it wouldn't have met, It wouldn't have had any meaning anyway. So I'm just... Ad- addressing the promise... So, uh, generally we're told uh, Chaitanya Mahabhu said "Mayavadī bhashya shunle hoy sarvanash. One who hears the ec- mayabad explanations his spiritual life is ruined. Jiva Goswami studied. Many acharyas studied. But they didn't become spoiled. They studied with the aim of na-na-sastra-vicharanayka nipano saddharma The aim of establishing what is the actual fact. They studied the wrong thing, which generally, is the cause of faith or understanding becoming spoiled. So, uh, when a neophyte devotee, studied, or, or even the newspaper for that matter, a neophyte devotee may read the newspaper and, and say, that, yeah, we've got to support, you know, we've got to go and smash the Muslims, and, you know, you know, all the problems in the world are caused by Muslims, and we've got to blow them up, and this and that. And, and someone else in uh, somebody may read the newspaper with a Krishna. Instead of reading what they want you to think, which is what the newspaper is, it's a propaganda vehicle, almost. So uh, One can read from Christian's perspective, from Shastri's perspective. So the same thing can be studied by two persons, and it may be the same knowledge, what we from our Materialistic perspective, maybe the same knowledge, but for one person it becomes a means for his entanglement in the material world, for another person it becomes another perspective by which they can distinguish between reality and illusion. So, what is knowledge? This is knowledge, Krishna says. He doesn't say it's this information or that information even spiritual information he doesn't say the, spirit, the spiritual information of Bhagavad Gita may be read by a person who doesn't get any spiritual benefit he may learn the whole Bhagavad Gita all the verses he doesn't get any benefit out of it whatsoever because he, he didn't imbibe these qualities whereas someone else he may not be very lucid in explaining or, but he, he gets the essence and he actually has the knowledge so, uh, what you're saying, uh, yeah, I, I was trying to make the point, or, or trying to elaborate on what Krishna is saying. What is knowledge? But then again, if you use the term knowledge in terms of how it's conventionally understood, well, that means you didn't understand. <laughs> the question, the, the, the whole purpose of what Krishna explains is knowledge. So, yeah, well, listen again. Read again. Read the books again and again. Knowledge is not... It's not... Or real knowledge is not simply a matter of acquiring information or even be able to link it up in various ways and come up with different theories. That's considered to be intelligence. And it is a kind of intelligence. But the real intelligence is how to distinguish reality from illusion. That's in the beginning of Bhagavatam. Yeah, then you may continue. Uh,
2: um, so you made also the point that, like, Bakstanda said, like, it's just enough if we understand that you are a current of Krishna, so actually we... It's actually Bhakti
0: nobta, but all ah, chariots okay, will say sorry, that. Sorry. All our right. chayas will say that. Yeah, so, this, is, this is the essence of so knowledge. Essence. To understand that we are eternal servants of Krishna. Yeah. So,
2: actually in that meaning, it's also said that, for example... Uh, but to
0: understand that, we may, we may read or, or invite to see how the, the, the totality of that. Then Bhagavad Gita describes Ishvara, Jiva, Kala, Karma, Prakriti, Srimad... By, by studying Prabhupada's books and studying the lives of the Acharyas, we realize the, the uh, profundity of that. It's not just like some kind of slogan, that, like uh, Jesus is the way, the life, and the truth, and no one goes to the Father but through Him. And it's just some kind of slogan. You say, that's it, that's the whole thing. And then what does it mean? What does it mean the life, the way, the truth, and it's just, it's not defined, it's just a slogan. But When we say that, we simply have to understand that Krishna is the Supreme Lord and I am His servant, it's not just a slogan that we... or like jyotamattatopat in modern mayavad nursery rhyme nonsense. It's, it's not just a, some kind of slogan. But we should understand the profundity of that also. What does it mean to understand that Krishna is the Supreme Lord? Then we have to study the Bhagavad-gītā, śrīmad-bhāgavatam. What does it mean that I'm His servant? So it, it's, it's all knowledge is condensed into this, but again it's, it's vast. How, does that, how do we practically apply that in our lives? What does it mean in different... How to apply that in various circumstances? So yeah, it's very simple very simple. But there's a vastness underlying it also. Yeah.
2: So, for example, I mean, you can see like many acharyas or many uh, learned persons who are very exalted and uh, they understood the point uh, like being the, the, servant, the servant of Krishna, but they still continue to develop more knowledge. Uh, as I understand, it's, it's like the Chandi Mahmanta. A uh, prior knowledge is like, uh, it's like Purifying you know, oneself. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So yeah even though they
0: understood that everything is... I, I am Krishna. I am Krishna's. No, I am Krishna. I am Krishna's. That's all there is to be understood. But still they study more and acquire more knowledge. Yes. That's purifying. Uh, also, a, a devotee acquires knowledge for about Krishna because he's fascinated by Krishna. He loves Krishna. He wants to know more and more about Krishna. And also for preaching Krishna consciousness. It's required to understand the philosophical presentation. So it's also a service to Krishna. It's not that one says, Okay, uh, alright, I understood, I'm telling so, so to Krishna, okay. No now no need no more need to study. In one sense that's true. But if one understands that, then he'll also understand that one of the services is to Krishna, as did the six Goswamis, for example. They studied the the, uh, shastras and presented them for the benefit of human society. So it's also a service to Krishna. So So it really depends on the attitude, which is the whole point of these five verses.
2: Yeah, actual, uh, and you have that too because it said also that Krishna, actually for example, if you take the Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita is the incarnation of Krishna in the writing form, right?
0: Yeah, Shri Bhagavatam so, and Bhagavad Gita are Krishna yeah, in literary if form. If you're
2: reading it or studying it, actually sure you're associating with Krishna, like chanting We Yeah,
0: we associate with Krishna by studying these books, yeah. But we also there's also a quality here. In one sense, we're, we're always associating with Krishna, in one sense, because we can never be separate from Krishna. We can never be totally divorced from Krishna, because everything is Krishna's energy. and We're also part and parcel of Krishna. So in one sense, we're always associating with Krishna. But then in a specific sense, we're associating with Krishna by studying Bhagavad Gita and and Bhagavatam, if we have the motive to do so. Otherwise some people by reading Bhagavad Gita they go further away from Krishna because they have an attitude of envy toward Krishna. That's why Krishna says at the very end this Bhagavad Gita should not be explained to persons who are envious of me, who are not engaged in devotional service, who are not austere. So yes, we do associate with Krishna if we have the attitude to do so. Of course, it's very purifying to study Shastra. Yeah, thanks.
2: Maharaj, all these qualities that you mentioned, actually what Krishna is sharing also and you elaborated, I feel a little confused from the aspect that uh, we say that for chanting nicely we need to have humility. At the same time we say that when we chant nicely, humility will come because uh, it's an... To chant
0: nicely we should have humility. And without humility, we can't chant properly. Yeah.
2: So how, to
1: how to
0: understand this? Well, it's with, with so many things. It's, uh, if, if we chant, then we become more inclined to hear. If we hear, we become more inclined to chant. So it, it, they go on simultaneously. Faith, someone just asked me that question yesterday, at the end of the class, is that we have faith, shadha val Faith gives rise to knowledge. honest faith gets knowledge. But by, by getting knowledge, our faith becomes stronger. So they're, they're both concomitant. Without humility, we can't chant. We can't begin... There's not... It's humility to chant, to accept that Krishna is superior to me. I should chant His name. Instead, if we think Krishna should chant my name, then it's not <laughs> humility. So humility, it's humility. But at the same time, we have so many... Uh, we have a mountains of... of pride. So, but chanting, cetodharpana-marchan, that will help to remove... it will clean the heart. So, yeah, we have to have humility to chant. Chanting will... If you're actually chanting, then all the qualities will come from that also. So they're inextricable. Yeah, someone else? ask something? No, that was a question. No, it's got cancelled. Anyone else? Yeah.
2: So, also want to go to so like, for my to... Uh, So that means that if you have this uh, right attitude on this knowledge, like, for example, if we say, for better preaching, we study more, or that you want us to study with Krishna, through his
0: books more, so this is right. The right attitude to study is, for service, for service, yeah, so that we can increase our bhakti, and then, yeah, everything should be done to increase our devotional attitude and devotional service.
2: And at this point like for example if you say uh, and also we
0: shouldn't think
2: that
0: by I'll, I'll read so much and then I'll I'll understand Krishna it's not like some material subject if I study hard enough I'll get I, I'll become an expert chemist or physicist or whatever it's not exactly like that it works by mercy but we attract the mercy by our humble serving attitudes we come to this, actually we should approach this knowledge with great humility. The, the materialistic mentality is to want to become the master of everything, just like become a master of, what is it, MSc, Master of Science, Master of Arts. But uh, in the Bhakti Shastra you become the servant. So this knowledge is so much greater than us. It's not something for us to say that we can master it. But rather, if we can become the servant of this knowledge, that, that from the very beginning that should be our attitude. We approaching Krishna and Krishna consciousness means we're we coming. We should understand we're coming in contact with a with a, with a whole phenomenon far far greater than me, and we should approach with great oh bandhamuhi shavodhanamate. we say that. We, we we approach prayerfully and carefully. Now that I become the master. Mm. So oh you did have a question. Yeah, So
2: Tolerate when something bad happens and
0: something good happens. Yeah, tolerate when something bad happens and tolerate when something good happens. Generally we hear about tolerating bad things, but we don't hear about tolerating good things.
2: <laughs> if something good happens and happy and because I see Krishna arranged it that's something
0: good. Yeah, we may see Krishna arrange something good. Become grateful for it. Yeah, that can also be like Sudama Vipra. He was in great poverty, but he was happy in Krishna conscience. And although he didn't particularly desire it, Krishna awarded him great wealth. But he remained the same person he thought Krishna has given me so much wealth so previously I was serving Krishna in poverty, now I can serve him in wealth so I can he's not particularly specified but we can understand that he must have arranged for festivals and opulent service of the deity so he used that opulence for serving Krishna but he remained the same he saw this is Krishna's gift to me, I should use it in Krishna's service He didn't change his attitude of service. He didn't think, oh, now i got all this opportunity. Before I had nothing else to do. I didn't have any money, so I didn't have anything else to do but chant Hare Krishna anyway. But now I can enjoy myself, so forget about chanting Hare Krishna. Some people, that happens. That happens. It's a test. Difficulties are a test from Krishna, and if Krishna gives us some material facility, that can be a test also. And and maybe that's a more difficult test. We often see our movement goes on better when there are difficulties. And when there's money and acceptance by the public, then it seems our devotees are more likely to get in Maya. (laughs) Money is a great uh, test for a devotee, I I think. It's very easy to misuse. You think, then why should should I I sit all this ostracity, rising early and all this, you know, I I, I can stick the money in my pocket and go away. It can't do anything to me. I can live comfortably. (laughs) Be careful. Now you don't have that facility. Maybe you will in future.